So if you could please turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. And I'm going to be reading from verse 4. 1 John chapter 3 verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We can turn to your word and we can allow the scriptures to examine our hearts, to see what kind of a walk we are walking out there with you. Do we walk in righteousness or do we walk in unrighteousness? So Father, I just thank you again for the word that it helps us to see who we are in Christ. So Father, help us now to listen. Help me to be clear and loud and understood, but help me to be faithful to your word. But I pray that we would listen, that we would take what we hear and examine our hearts to see that we're in the faith if Christ is in us. Father, thank you again for the gospel. Thank you again for these letters. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're going to look at our Christian lifestyle. As a Christian, we have a lifestyle. Our lifestyle will show and tell people who we are. If we're a Christian, then we should reflect Christ in our lives. So the question is, what does our Christian lifestyle look like? What should our Christian lifestyle look like? Because our lifestyle will reflect who we are as a Christian. It's either going to reflect that we are a pretender, we say we're a Christian, but we practice something else. Or it's going to show that we have the real thing and we practice what, who we say we are. If we say we're a Christian, we will practice righteousness. Our lifestyle should be a behavior of good quality. There should be good habits coming from us, godly habits. Because if you have to look at the word lifestyle, the word means that a particular person or group of people is the behavior and habits that are typical of them. 
So what are, what's typical of our behavior and habits as a Christian? They should be one of righteousness. The question we need to ask ourselves is, who are we as Christians according to God's word? Who are we? Well, Peter helps us to define that. He, he gives us good insight. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 12, Peter says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. There in this passage, Peter calls us to proclaim these excellencies, which is going to require from us a certain lifestyle, our words and our works. A certain lifestyle is going to flow from them. When we think of it, unbelievers don't know the excellencies of God. But they should see them in our lives, in our lifestyle. Peter is saying here, live godly lives. Because it is the most effective foundation to make the gospel attractive and believable. Someone said, listen to this quote. Someone said, the world takes its notions of God, most of all from the people who say that they belong to God's family. They read us a great deal more than they read the Bible. We are the Bible. We are a walking Bible. They see us. They only hear about Jesus Christ. So if we profess to be a Christian, what do they see? Do they see this beautiful book, this beautiful Bible? It's all about God's righteousness. What do they see? Like someone said, the Christian lifestyle is a walking advertisement for the blessings of the Christian life. All I can say to us this morning is somebody is watching us. Somebody out there is watching you as a Christian. And as soon as you make a mistake, as soon as you show up something that is not right with God, they will criticize you. And they have a right to criticize us if they see something because we're not perfect. But are they seeing someone that is practicing something they shouldn't? We all sin. We will see this as we get into this passage. But we must know that people are watching us. Therefore, we must let our light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We need to be that shining light. It's the only way people are going to see our lifestyle if we are shining our light, our righteousness into the, the, the unbelievers, into this dark world through our true Christian lifestyle. Our, our lifestyle will reveal who and what we truly are. 
We are Christians. And people are either going to see that we have the real thing or that we are a pretender. It's like a soccer player. What does he practice? Soccer. You can't call him a soccer player and go practice rugby or vice versa. What you say are you practice. If we're a Christian, we will practice righteousness. And this is what we're going to look at in this passage. We want to look at and see what is our Christian lifestyle. What does it look like? Especially before God. We can all come here this morning and put on a Christian lifestyle. Put on the good behavior. But what is it like when we leave this building? What is it like when you're behind closed doors? It's, what not, it's not what we see. It's what God sees. There is the visible church, which we all see. Then there's the invisible church that God sees. He looks at the heart. So we must be aware that God is all-known, all-seeing, and He's watching every step, and He's listening to every careless word that comes out of our mouth, which we're going to have to give an account of one day. So this morning, I want us to look at two facts. We're probably going to just look at one fact this morning from 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 to 10, to help us to see what the Christian lifestyle looks like. What the real thing looks like. So that we can be challenged to guard this door and live the real Christian lifestyle. So let's look at our first fact. And our first fact to see what the Christian lifestyle looks like is we don't practice sin. Which we saw in verses 4 to 10 of 1 John chapter 3. That's what it, what it, what it says. It's telling us we don't practice sinning. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Now let's start by saying this. John is not saying for one moment. He's not saying that a Christian never sins. We sin as Christians. God uses us through our imperfections. Everybody here, from the time they woke up to the time they walked through that door, sinned. And if you didn't, well then, give us the recipe. But there is no recipe. We all sin. And John has already told us in this letter, he has warned us that we're going to sin. Because some people out there saying, you don't sin. And if you do sin, it's fine. You're right with God, you pray the prayer, you're in a right relationship with Him, you can live as you please now. But in the letter, John has already warned us in 1 John chapter 1. Verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So here it is, we gain to sin and when we do sin, we can ask God to forgive us. But that's not an excuse for you to practice that sin. God knows if your forgiveness is genuine and sincere. Forgiveness is not cheap. It's not cheap grace. Our forgiveness came at the expense of Jesus' blood being shed on the cross. The lifeblood of the Son of God. He, it cost Him for us to have forgiveness. 
Yes, we sin, but sin is not the ruling pattern of our lives. And what John is saying in verse 4 of 1 John chapter 3 is that the Christian, the Christians do make sinning, do not make sinning a practice. John wants his readers, he says, little children, and he starts off there, little children, let no one deceive you. Little children, do not let those false teachers tell you that it's okay to sin, that you are right with God, you believe in Jesus, now you can carry on as you please and live as you please. There are people that might even come to this church and go to other churches. They come there thinking they're doing God a favor by coming there and, and being in church and offering up their prayers and, and giving to the thanks offering. And then they go home and they live as they please. And they live the Christian life one day of the week, which is a Sunday. No, we live every day the Christian life. Every day should be a true Christian lifestyle. Our lifestyle should reflect God's glory and love into this world. So we, 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 we can't say we're a Christian and, and then we practice sin. We don't practice sin. Because this will reveal who we truly are. And if we want to know who we truly are, if we are practicing sin, then God, then, then the Holy Spirit, and, and John has told us, you are then the children of the devil. John doesn't say, okay, this is what makes you a Christian, and this is what makes you not a Christian. He just says, if you are practicing sin, then you are a child of the devil. He says that in verse 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Go back to Genesis chapter 3, we see the fall. In Genesis chapter 4, we see what happened with Cain and Abel. We see what sin did. And if we are making a practice of sin, that means, according to verse 4, we also make a practice of lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. And lawlessness means that we are living a rebellion life to God and His Word. We're living as God's Word doesn't exist, and we are ignoring God's Word as well. Or we just don't read the Bible and we don't know what God's Word says. We should be reading the Bible daily because we want to know what God's will is for my life in the sense of, of I'm here to do God's will and God's will is for us to be saved and to be filled with the Spirit and to be filled with His Word so we can go and practice righteousness, so we can go and love Him and love the world and help. But how can, how can we as Christians practice sin? When, when God's Word says about loving His Word, it says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. And another scripture says, Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. How can we practice sin? Have a bad habit of keep on sinning and do nothing about that sin. We need to know that if we are practicing sin as a Christian, we need to stop. It's lawlessness. It's rebellion. It's, it's unbelief. It's disobeying God's word. And God will discipline you. He will chastise you. How does this rebellion take place? 
well, it can be seen outwardly. Your rebellion can be seen how you talk to people, how you react to circumstances. It can be seen in your anger towards people, in your slander, your obscene talk. It can be seen in not loving someone, not forgiving someone. That's the outward. That's what we can see. But there's also the inward, which only God sees. You can still get angry with someone in the heart, but that person might not see. It's like the story that I've told you in the past. There's this little girl that, is, that keeps on standing. The dad walks into the lounge and says, Young girl, or Jenny, sit. Not you, Jenny, but Jenny, sit. And as soon as he turns his back, the girl stands up. Five minutes later, he comes back and Jenny's standing. He says, Jenny, didn't I ask you to sit? Why aren't you listening to me? And Jenny sits. He goes out the lounge again and he comes back. Jenny's standing. He said, Jenny, sit. What does Jenny do? Jenny sits. And she says, Dad, I'm sitting, but in my heart, I'm standing. That's rebellion. That's lawlessness. That's sin. That's how we are sometimes towards God. We sometimes, someone is irritating us and frustrating us. We don't show it, but we show it in our heart to God. It's what He sees. We are living a life not before man. We are living a life before God and we want to please God, not man. If you're a man pleaser or a woman pleaser, you're looking for trouble. It's idolatry. We're here to honor God through both the good and the bad. As a Christian, we cannot practice sin. Because this is what Jesus came, verses 5 to 6 of 1 John chapter 3 says, that Jesus came to take away our sins, and no one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. That's what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus coming towards him. Behold, the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Why? So we can continue sinning? Like I said, as Christians, we will sin, but it's not by practice. If there's a serious sin in your life, go before God, repent of it, and go to God's Word and ask Him for wisdom so He can help you. He knows if you're dealing with that sin or not. He knows how sincere and genuine we are in, in, in repenting. We can't just do something wrong and ach, you know, I'm going to ask God to forgive me. Do the same thing, five minutes, ach, you know, I'm going to ask God. It doesn't work like that. God is gracious, yes, God is loving and compassionate, but God also sees how sincere and genuine you are as a child of God. It was His blood that was shed on the cross. Jesus' blood was shed on the cross. And the cross is the heart of the true Christian message. It is God's answer to man's rebellious, sinful nature. Jesus, the Son of God, lived a sinless life. There was no sin in Him. And at the expense of His life, He died on the cross, shed His blood to take away our sins and make forgiveness a reality. We will sin. And we will have to go to God always. Our life should be a life of repentance. I'm not saying now we can sin and do as we please, but we should be repenting daily because of sin. We should be going to our brothers and sisters if we offended them and ask them to forgive us. Even though you're not offending them directly, you're offending God directly. No one who abides and lives in Jesus keeps on sinning. 
No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. The fact that a Christian says they're a Christian and they keep on sinning is because they don't know him and they have not seen him. He's not indwelling in their heart like he's supposed to be. Jesus said to the Pharisees, whoever is of God hears the words of God. And the reason why you don't hear them is that you are not of God. So if you are practicing sin daily, if you're caught in habit sin, then you're not of God. It's what the scriptures say. It's what John is. John is a loving, caring pastor. If he wasn't a loving, caring pastor, he would not say these things. If I didn't love the congregation, I would not warn you. The warning is love. If there was a street and you had to walk to my house through that street, along that street, and I said to you, wow, wow, don't come down that street. There is a vicious dog. If you come down that street, it's going to attack you and kill you. Walk around. If I didn't warn you and didn't tell you and let you come, what kind of a friend am I? What kind of love do I show if I don't warn all scriptures God breathed and is profitable for teaching, for correcting, for rebuking, for training in righteousness. A lot of people say, don't judge. You're not judging anybody if you take them the scripture, if they're a Christian. And you say, listen here, I see you living like this. Can I just share God's word with you? Can I just show you how God calls us to live? Don't say, I see you living like this, now, now I'm going to tell you that you're not a... No, go to them and show them and let them wrestle with God. And, and, and let God get hold of their hearts. We are living in a world where, where we have watered down what it means to be a Christian, we've watered down what it means to become a Christian. We just don't have real Christianity anymore, in one sense. But if we're in the scriptures, we're going to see, wow, thank you, John. Thank you. I didn't know that the sin I was caught up in was a practicing the sin. And it shows that I'm still a child of the devil. I thank you, John. Now I know what to do. I need to repent. And I need to now start practicing righteousness. Because if I practice righteousness, that shows that I'm a child of God. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're feeling unsettled and uneasy, great, because the Holy Spirit is doing some work in your heart to convict you of your sin and drive you to your knees and to cry out in repentance. If we call ourselves a Christian and we keep on practicing sin, it shows that we are not of God, but of the devil. John's message is all about look at your Christian lifestyle. That's John's message to us. Look at your Christian lifestyle. What is it like today? Not tomorrow. What is it like now? What is it like when you are around unbelievers? What is it like when you're around Christians? It's easy when you're around Christians to, to put on the Christian clothes. But what are, you around, what are you like when you're around unbelievers? What clothes do you wear? Whose clothes? Your old clothes? And you just go along with all their talk? Or do you put on the new clothes? And you offend them in some ways because you can't laugh at their jokes and you can't laugh at some of the things that come out of their mouths. We are warned in Ephesians and Colossians about our speeches. Christians don't, true Christians don't keep on practicing sin. Their lifestyle is distinctively different to the world. Not perfect. We will sin. But how can we, when Scripture says, how can we who die to sin still live in it? 
Another scripture says, we know that our old self was crucified with Him. Where? On the cross. In order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to what? To sin. Read that in Romans chapter... Actually, read Romans 5, 6, 7 and 8. Beautiful chapter, especially chapter 6. We practice in unrighteousness, which is sin, or we practice in righteousness, which is the right things before God. And if we find ourselves practicing sin, then we are enslaved to sin. We have no grounds, like someone says, we have no grounds for assurance of being in a right relationship with God. And we show that we are still in darkness and at enmity with God, being of the devil. Like Judas. Judas practiced sin. He spent time with Jesus three years. Then you might say, well, why didn't Jesus ever go to Judas and, and just pat him on the shoulder and say, Judas, this is your lifestyle. Come now. I'm going to help you. Because we are responsible to work at our salvation in fear and trembling. We are responsible to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow Christ according to his word. Jesus could have gone to Judas, but he didn't. Because Judas was responsible to become a responsible man and walk and show a lifestyle that reflected Jesus, not the devil. He was a child of the devil. And look what he did. Christianity, for me personally, is a narrow road and it's hard. But thank the Lord for his grace and mercy and for forgiveness. Because we do not live a perfect Christian life. Not, let's not be hard on ourselves and every time we sin, and if we sin, God forgives you. But ask yourself, are you practicing that sin? Are you doing something about it? If you're not, start now. Because he who practices sin, according to Galatians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul writes and he says, If you practice sin, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. That's a warning. That, that's love. And if you want to know if we are a child of the devil, how do we know? Well, we don't practice righteousness and we don't love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And let's look at this church. Are we loving our brothers and sisters in Christ? Do we come alongside them and help them when there's a need? Or we pat them on the back and say, go well, I'll pray for you. Because if we can't do it with each other, how do we do it outside to an unbeliever, to the unlovely? We need to know that we need to hear, we need to hear this. If we keep on presenting our members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, then we are practicing sin. But instead, we are to present ourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and our members to God as instruments for righteousness. The identifying mark of the children of the devil is they keep on presenting their members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Not doing what is right and not loving fellow believers respectively. We can't call ourselves Christians and continue to live as we please. We can't listen to the people that deceive us 
and say, don't worry, this is what is happening in John's church. Don't worry, God has saved you, you're fine, you're sealed, you're going to heaven, you can just live as you please. No. We have to put off the old self and put on the new self and stop practicing sin. So this first fact that we looked at this morning, in 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 to 10, we don't practice sin to see what the Christian life looks like. Are we challenged? Are we challenged to go out the building and stop practicing sin? Because the Christian lifestyle does not practice sin. The Christian lifestyle practices righteousness, and Lord willing, we'll see that next Sunday. What it means to practice righteousness. But if we go to the cross, we should humble ourselves, because there Christ Jesus died for us to forgive our sins. He died to set us free from sin, for us to become slaves of God, slaves of righteousness. We are now dead to sin and alive to God in who? In Christ Jesus. To live the true Christian lifestyle in Him. That is the only lifestyle. It's the true Christian lifestyle which will practice righteousness. Not perfectly. Thank our Heavenly Father that He uses us in our imperfections for His glory. But that's no excuse to keep on practicing sin. The true Christian lifestyle, which we'll see, Lord willing, next week, practices righteousness because we are in Christ and we are clothed in His righteousness. Let's pray. Father, we thank You again for this lovely letter. Thank You for how it has reminded me of, of my own lifestyle before the watching world. Is it one of practicing sin or is it one of practicing righteousness? But be merciful to us, Father. Please forgive us when we do sin. Forgive us when we do end up sinning. But thank you that you are a God of forgiveness. But Father, if we are practicing that sin, if we are doing nothing about it, please, please help us. May we, may we turn to you in true repentance and true forgiveness and allow your word to, to sanctify us and cleanse us and wash us clean from that sin so we would stop making it a habit habitual sin. Father, please help us. Help everybody here to examine their own heart and to see what their own Christian lifestyle is like. Is it one of still practicing sin? And help us, Father, stir us up to come back next week to hear what it means to practice righteousness, which is the true Christian lifestyle. Father, I thank you again for your word. I thank you again for your word that builds us up in Christ Jesus. I thank you how it warns us so that we do not allow the people to come through that door and deceive us and lead us astray. Thank you again, Father, for the sacred scriptures. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.